0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: We're in Ephesians chapter number 6, and we're going to be in verse 16 tonight, and uh, It boosted my faith, and by the way, that's what we're going to preach on tonight, but it boosted my faith that I'm preaching on faith tonight. And here's why. This series has been going on for a long time, and uh, I've ventured out of Ephesians 6 and preached two or three sermons out of this chapter, but in this series, and by doing that, it made this particular verse fall on this particular day. And it reminded me how God is in control. And God knows what He's doing, and God does all things well because I think that this particular piece of Christian armor is what we needed to hear about on a day like today, following a day like yesterday. And let's look at it, and I'll make some comments and get into the message, but in verse number 16, I'll just read the text verse and get right into the thought. Here's what the Bible says. Above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith ye shall be able to quench, and I like the word, all, every one of them, no matter where they come from, no matter the angle, no matter the height or the depth, no matter from the front or the back, every single one of them, all the fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible says in First Corinthians 15 that in this life only, if we only have hope in this life, that we're of all men most miserable. I don't know if you followed it, but a lot of people who are very into politics are probably more discouraged today than others are, if you're a conservative. But you got to remember, we're not supposed to be more patriotic than we are Christian. And I'm all for America, but I'm not an American first, I'm a Christian first. And if I bury my hope and dreams in politics, I'll be miserable. Amen. My country is over there. My citizenship is up there. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I've got an address on streets of pure gold, a house built by the unseen hand of God that's eternal in the heavens where moth and rust can't corrupt or eat it away. But if you keep your eyes on politics, you might be discouraged tonight. Because whether you realize it or not, especially in California, but really across the nation, it was one of the largest defeats for those who love and cherish the lives of children politically. In our state, we passed that new legislation where a doctor can kill a baby up to the moment of birth. Kentucky, even a conservative state, turned down legislation that said there's no constitutional right to an abortion. They voted that down, said there is a constitutional right for abortion in their state. Other states did the same thing. Massachusetts elected the first lesbian governor. That happened yesterday. Uh, Well, there's another state that voted in a transgender person to their state senate. I think it was Wisconsin did that yesterday. Uh, Chuck Schumer gave an announcement and said, "If we lose the House and Senate, he said that's okay. We're still gonna and here's here's what they're gonna fight for. He said we're still gonna fight for a woman's right to choose. That's the first thing he said. He didn't talk about taxes or safety. But then the second thing he said is we're still gonna fight." Uh, for folks to be able to marry whoever they love. By the way, in a few more years, it won't be whoever. They'll say whatever they love. But that's their platform. That's what they're going to fight for. you got to understand something. Brother Bertram and I talked about this before the service. I think sometimes God allows that to happen to remind us that we're a pilgrim here. We are strangers. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Ephesus was a demonic city. America is a pagan country. We say, this is a Christian nation. No, not even close. It's a nation that hides behind Christian lingo when tragedy happens or there's political events to push. But it's not a Christian nation. And I don't say that to be discouraging. I'm saying that to say this. We must be ready for spiritual warfare. And what differentiates you and I who are saved from those that are lost is we have the most powerful weapon against our adversary. You could ever think. It's faith. Faith in God. For a little while tonight, I want you to notice the phrase, above all, taking the shield of faith. I want to preach on this thought faith's got it covered. Faith's got it covered. You don't have to worry about it. Faith's got it covered. Ronald Reagan in 1983 proposed for the first time to our country a strategic defense initiative. You might remember that and they mocked it and called it Star Wars, but they invested $30 million into that strategic defense system. That was during the height of the Cold War and launching sh- satellites in the space race. And we were fearful that Russia might attack us with nuclear weapons, so Ronald Reagan envisioned this canopy that would cover America where lasers could shoot down a nuclear weapon up in the atmosphere before it would ever make it here to our country. And what he envisioned was a shield Above all, if you will, a shield that would cover and protect our nation. Can I say for the Christian, faith has got it covered like that proverbial shield. I want you to think of the analogy. When a fish emerges into this world, the world in which it moves, lives, and exists is totally engulfed in water. The fish is unaware that he's in water because water is his natural world. Water is where he operates. Water is where he feeds water is the environment where he's at home other animals might drown in the water but not the fish other animals might panic if they were to be thrown in the water but not the fish that's where he's at home the fish is normal and comfortable and natural to live move and have its being submerged in the water out of the water the fish is hopeless but in the water the fish is right at home the water if you will is the optimum operating environment for the fish. The fish is made to live in, by, and through the water. On the same note, the bird, the bird is made for the sky. As soon as that baby bird gets enough strength to leave its nest, it does not look at heights with any kind of fear whatsoever. That bird does not look up and tremble. It doesn't look down with anxiety, but that bird knows it's at home In the sky, other animals might cringe at the thought of sitting on a limb or soaring through the wind, but not the bird. The bird's at home when it spreads its wings and feels the wind beneath it. Can you imagine a horse climbing out on a limb? Wouldn't go very well, would it? I mean, that horse trying to flap its legs and soar through the atmosphere, it wouldn't make it very far. But not the bird. The bird is meant not for the ground, but for the heights. In fact, the bird is uncomfortable on the ground. If you see a bird on the ground, it looks kind of flimsy or sort of clumsy. just sort of hops around. But that bird is at home with the wind beneath its wings. For the bird, it's at home in the sky. It's not made for the earth. It's made for the heavens. Its optimum operating environment is the sky. It lives by, through, and in the sky. Babies are the same way. Babies don't have to be taught to cry. you got to teach them a lot of things but not how to cry. In fact, the first announcement that little mouth makes in the world after that is a cry. You don't have to teach it. It knows how to do it. The baby cries to let you know it has a need. The baby cries to let you know that it's hungry. The baby cries whenever it's cold or if it's hot or if it's not doing well. That cry from the baby is a natural, innate response to the world around it. It is at home and comfortable crying. An adult doesn't do that, but a baby does that. It lives and moves and has its being. It operates in that realm of crying out. I say that to say this. It's amazing how God has made every part of his creation to excel in a particular environment. Every part of creation has a natural realm in which it's the most comfortable and is the most successful. You see that with vegetation. Vegetation grows in very particular climates. Plants won't grow unless the surroundings are suitable for them to grow. Animals are the same. They have to have the right environment. Animals have to have the right landscape and the right food and the right shelter, or they will not thrive. It's interesting. Think about it for a minute. The fish is at home in the sea, and the bird is at home in the sky, and a baby is content to cry out. And each of those is at its best in the right operating environment. In the very same way, the Christian has been made by God most effective when that Christian operates in his own optimum environment. As a Christian, we live in this world, but this world is not our optimum environment. In this world, we live around things which are physical, but the physical realm is not our optimum operating environment. As a, Christ, as a Christian, I live in this flesh, but this flesh is not my optimum operating environment. I do not live by the world, I do not live by things seen, I do not live by the flesh. In the bigger picture of creation, the right environment is so essential. There's no life, there's no reproduction, there's no success. But the same thing is true for the Christian. You and I have a realm that we've been fashioned to operate within. We have an environment in which we can succeed and see victory. So tonight I want to ask the question, what is my optimum operating environment. Well, I'm told what it is in 1 John 5 and verse 4. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians chapter 3. The just shall live by faith faith. So it's faith that I live by, it's faith that I walk in, and it's faith that brings to me the victory. My optimum operating environment is not reason, it is not doubt, it is not logic, but I am at my best when I take all that I am and throw it wholly on the Lord, lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge Him and let God direct my path. I can live in this world, but I must live in it by faith. I can live around the physical, but I approach the physical by faith. I can live in this body of flesh, but I must live in this flesh by faith. My optimum operating environment is different from that of a lost man. My environment changed when I got saved. Now, before conversion, I walked by sight and was happy to do it. Before conversion, I lived by reason. Before conversion, I lived in my own strength. I had a carnal mind, a lost soul, and a dead spirit, and I was comfortable in this world and walking according to the current of the world. But one day, Jesus passed by. And when Jesus passed by and grace turned the light on in my soul, when I got saved, I switched environments. And regeneration revolutionized my realm of operation. It's as revolutionary as taking a bird from the sky and tossing it in the sea, or taking a fish from the sea and throwing them up into the sky, or a baby standing behind a pulpit and preaching you an eloquent sermon. God changed my life. And here's what happened. I traded out sight, touch, and explanation for faith, hope, and trust in God. And now I'm no longer at my best when I live by things temporal, but when I live by things eternal. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, a quarter of a minute ago, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Here's the truth of it, fish swim. Christians live by faith. Birds fly, Christians live by faith. Babies cry. Christians live by faith. For you and I that are saved, it was faith at the spiritual cradle. It is faith every step of the journey. It'll be faith for our final breath when we cross over into glory. Throughout our life, you can rest assured, faith has got it covered. It's our atmosphere. It's our realm. It's our habitat, if you will. It's our mode of operandi. We swim in the sea of faith. We fly in the atmosphere of faith. We dwell in the area of faith. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lee Robertson said this, faith is the wire that brings to the soul the power of God. Faith is the key that unlocks his treasure. Faith is the guide that leads to green pastures. Faith is the medicine that cures the heart of doubt. Lester Roloff would sing the song, Living by Faith. And one of the verses says, I know thee safely will carry me through no matter what evils be tied. Why should I care that the tempest may blow if Jesus walks close by my side? And the chorus said, Living by Faith. And I feel no alarm. We can be as bold as a lion when we operate in faith. Or as helpless as a fish on the bank of the river when we operate in the flesh. Without faith, we have no power. Without faith, we have no promise. Without faith, we cannot please God. And in spiritual warfare, without faith, we have no protection. The Bible says, faith forms my shield against every fiery dart the devil determines to hurl in my direction. I'm called to be strong, but I must be strong in faith. I'm called to stand, but I'm to stand in faith. I'm called to wrestle, but I wrestle in faith. I'm to adorn the armor of God, but I adorn the armor of God in faith. You study these scriptures and the analogy of the soldier comes to us. The soldier is told to stand and then he's equipped to withstand the attack of the adversary. You read through the Bible. We've already gone through many of these verses. But the armor is provided for us from head to foot. So there's no area of vulnerability to the successful spiritual soldier. When you come to the text verse that we read together, there's a piece of armor that I believe because the wording of the verse is emphasized over all the other articles of armor. Paul, directed by the Holy Spirit, says this, above all. He said, pay attention to this. It's very important. Don't leave home without it. Above all, take the shield of faith. Now, here's what I believe. I believe I have a perfect Bible. And I don't believe that God haphazardly threw or hurled words inside the covers of your Bible tonight just because he felt like hurling words. I think every word was placed where it is on purpose. And I think that phrase is pregnant with meaning and admonition for you and I when Paul says, above all. I think it tells us that the shield is of the most importance. The shield is fit for a wide range of circumstances on the battlefield. And the shield is able to cover the soldier completely. No matter the circumstance, the shield's got him covered. I think about the soldier. Brother Padillo and I talked about it in the parking lot. We were talking about the armor. He said, the one thing I don't think I have is a shield. And I said, man, that's the thing you need the most. I mean, especially if your wife gets mad at you, you've got to have the shield, right? He said, I don't think I have the shield. Can I say, a soldier wouldn't want to run out into battle and leave his shield behind. That shield was his fortification. That shield was his wall of safety. That shield was his bulwark in the battle and the front line of his defense. So with more purpose than strapping on the breastplate and more purpose than shotting the shoes and more purpose than adorning the helmet, the soldier needed to get his shield. I was studying for this and read where one Roman mother spoke to her son and she said, Son, either bring your shield home with you or be brought home on your shield. A soldier would rather fall with the shield in hand than let his shield fall from his hand. Now there's several things I want you to think about with the shield. First, the material used to make the shield. I'm not going to preach this. This is just passing through. The Roman soldier's shield was made of two layers of wood. They take those two layers of wood and then glue the layers together the shield would be almost five feet tall for the legionary soldier and two and a half feet wide, and it was shaped like a door. That large door-shaped shield would curve around on the sides so as to encompass the soldier. That soldier might face his enemy, but if he needed to, he could hide behind his door, if you will, and those two layers of wood there. But on the outside of the wood, two layers of wood glued together, they would take a hide from an animal, hide or leather, and they would put it on the outside side of that outer board every day to keep that leather from cracking that soldier would take oil and anoint that leather to keep it supple to keep it pliable so there's that soldier he has his shield that door-like structure two pieces of wood and that piece of leather so there's a threefold protection in front of that soldier everywhere that he would go then the mission of the shield What's the purpose of a shield? The shield is there to deflect danger from the soldier. It goes before him. It's the most forefront in his armor. It went before the soldier every step that he took on the battlefield. Everywhere he went, the shield went before him, and he was safe as long as he was behind his shield. Then I thought about the mobility of the shield. You know what the helmet did? Protects the head. You know what the breastplate did? Protects the heart. You know what the shoes do? Protect the feet. You know what the shield does? Goes wherever it's needed the most. I like that. If the dark dark comes toward the head, the shield can go up. If the dart comes toward the feet, the shield can go down. If the dart comes from behind, then the shield can cover the back depending on where the danger is. That's where the shield shows up. Can I say the soldier needs his shield. It's the difference between safety and danger or victory and defeat or life and death. It's so important to the soldier. Now, here's the application. God, through inspiration, led Paul to say, when you tell him about faith, I want you to use this. Don't use the sword. Don't use the breastplate. Don't use the helmet. But when you talk to those Christians, about faith. You remind them that their faith is like a shield. He's saying it's a precedent. It's a pinnacle. It's the most important part of spiritual warfare. Between safety and danger is the shield. Between victory and defeat is the shield. Between life and death is the shield. You've got to put on the shield. There it is, the shield of faith, like a sun among stars, if you will. They're all bright, but none as bright as the sun. And their faith glistens and gleams out as the utmost in our armor. He said, don't go into battle without taking your faith with you. Don't stand against the devil without taking faith with you. Don't try to wrestle without taking faith with you. If you're going to overcome the world, you do it by faith. Faith is reliance upon God. Faith scorns the impossible it ignores the odds. It steps out into darkness and walks on in assurance of victory. I believe we live in a day where many men's hearts are failing them because of fear. The average individual today operates in total fear. I'm talking about from the church house to the state house we're governed by fear. But can I say you and I in an hour of such fear don't have to live there. We can live by faith in God. It's our shield tonight. It's our covering. It covered the soldier and it covers us as well. I like that that shield is taller than the soldier wider than the soldier and stronger than the soldier all he has to do is make sure he stays behind it from our head to our heart whether we're kneeling or walking things around us above us or behind us tonight christian faith's got it covered on the battlefield let faith be the forerunner let faith be the bulwark let faith be your defense faith is something only the christian can have you say what do you mean faith's not for the lost man faith's not for the devil Faith is the gift God gives to His own children. And to every saved person, God's given a measure of faith. But your measure of faith, the Bible said, is strong enough to move mountains if you'll use it. Faith enables us to sing in the storm. Faith enables us to shout at the sepulcher. Faith enables us to step out into the shadow. Faith enables us to stand when the world falls down. Faith enables us to stay when the flesh says run. Faith helps us serve in the face of our hardship. Faith helps us sit still when others say move. Faith helps us to set ourselves like a flint in the face of opposition. A lost man doesn't understand faith any more than a bird understands swimming. A lost man doesn't understand faith any more than a fish understands flying. But can I say for the child of God that's been to Calvary and been dipped in that crimson flood, I'm glad we can boast in our God and have confidence in our Lord and say he's a shield to me, the glory and the lifter of mine head. My God is my shield. I don't care what comes against me. A host can camp against me. I got God in front. I got God above. I got God beside. And I got him in the rearward too. He's all around me. He's below me and within me. Greater is he in me than he that's in this world. So let the storm clouds gather and the thunder roll and the lightning flash and the devil fight and hell break loose upon me. By faith I stand. By faith I stay. By faith I I serve. By faith, I go forward for God. Faith is the victory. By faith, I can say when I'm sick, God's got it covered. Faith, I can say when I'm weak, God's got it covered. By faith, I can say when I'm burdened, God's got it covered. When I'm scared, I can say God's got it covered. When I'm overwhelmed, I can say by faith, God's got it covered. In obstacles, faith sees a wave. In the furnace, faith sees a fourth man. In questions, faith finds an answer. In darkness, faith knows I'm in the shadow of his wings. Faith goes before me in the unknown, faith goes before me into my valley, faith goes before me to my decision, faith goes before me in the battle. So I walk by faith, and I pray by faith, and I sing by faith, and I serve by faith, and I study by faith, and I love by faith, and I trust by faith, and it becomes my shield. It's got me covered. That's why Paul could say I'm troubled, but I'm not distressed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed, because Paul wasn't looking at his ability. Paul wasn't looking at the jailer. Paul wasn't concerned about iron bars. He understood there's a God in heaven who's on the throne that changed his life forever, and he's seen him safely through thus far, and by faith, he can see himself all the way to home shore. He trusted in his God. Tonight, can I say at the Red Sea, you'll just see a problem unless you have faith. Then you'll see it part. Can I say Noah for 120 years? You'll just see a lot of labor unless by faith, you can see the Lord in it. Can I say David, in that valley of Elah, you'll just see a giant, unless by faith you look up and see God upon his throne. Can I say on Mount Carmel Elijah, you'll just see the numbers, unless by faith you look beyond the numbers and see that God's still in control. Can I say at the tomb of Lazarus, you'll see a dead man, unless by faith you know that he's the resurrection and the life, and you'll see him come up out of the tomb. And tonight, can I say, in a world full of hell, in a world full of devils, in an hour full of deception and sin, you and I must look to the lens of faith and understand faith is my bulwark, faith is my wall, faith is my high tower, faith is my fortress and faith is my shield. When the darts are at my mind, I can raise the shield. When the dart comes at my heart, I can lift my shield. When the dart lowers toward my feet, I can put down my shield. When the faith is at my hands, I can lift the shield. When, faith, rather, when the dart comes at my knees, I can lift my shield of faith. Psalm 20 and verse 7, some trust in chariots. Some trust in Democrats. And some in Republicans. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Faith is defined by the Apostle Paul when he said, I'm persuaded that he's able. Able to do what? Whatever he wants to do. I've been young and now I'm old. There's one thing I've never seen though. Brother John, I've never seen the righteous forsake him. I've never seen a seed baking bread. What David said, I've never seen God fumble the ball. <laughs> I've never seen God miss the field goal. Amen? I've never seen God take a sack. I've never seen God ask for a mulligan. God's always got it right the first time and put food on our table and clothes on our back, and we can trust Him. And that sums, sums up our shield tonight. The Roman shield was made of wood. Ours is made of faith in God. Not just whimsical wishes, not just buying a lottery ticket and hoping to the wind, not rubbing a rabbit's foot till the hair falls off, not picking every four leaf clover over there in Ireland, but our faith is rested in the Lord Jesus Christ. The hymn writer said, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. Ever since by faith I saw the stream His flowing wounds supplied Redeeming love has been my theme And shall be till I die I'm told I'm to stand And in Romans 11 it says Thou standest by faith So to stand I put my trust in God Totally God reliant George Mueller said Faith begins where man's power ends Faith discards self-righteousness Like David cast off Saul's armor And picks up the righteousness of Christ I thought about this. The Muslim puts his faith in Muhammad, but it's a pseudo faith. The Buddhist puts his faith in idols, but it's fool's gold faith. The atheist puts his faith in his intellect, but it's an impotent, powerless faith. The materialist puts his faith in his money, but it's in posturing faith. But for the Christian, we can put our faith in Christ and find it reaps eternal dividends. Psalm 3, 3. But thou, art Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. The God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield. Faith puts power in the promise of God. Faith feeds the assurance of my salvation. Faith nourishes my wounded spirit. Faith births boldness and drives away fear. Bible faith is not built on what I can do, but it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And tonight, church, let me remind you, above all, have faith in God. Not Tucker Carlson, not your Drudge Report, not your Trump email, but have faith in God. You have God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. You might not be confident in yourself and you and I should never be but whatever the situation is I can declare God is bigger than that and God is beyond that and God is greater than that. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Moses found God bigger than Pharaoh and Joseph found God bigger than his brethren and Daniel found God bigger than Nebuchadnezzar and Peter found God to be bigger than And tonight, whatever it is And whatever you're going through Can I say that God is greater And God is bigger And God can handle So cast your care upon Him For He careth for you Thank God tonight When you can't make a way He is the way Have faith as your shield Have faith in God Trust God Depend on God When you don't know He already knows Today I want to go on record And just remind you God's got it covered Adoniram Judson in a Burmese jail chained to a bamboo pole was asked, what are the prospects of reaching the heathen now? And he said, the prospects are as bright as the promises of God. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow were sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth over everything. And all my worry is vain. In doubt, we're like fish out of water. In doubt, we're like birds brought to the ground. In doubt, we're like babies that cannot cry. But in faith, we're more than conquerors because of Him who loved us. I want to read you this illustration. A couple of missionaries were caught in China during the Japanese invasion. The village they lived in was tense with fear, and every day brought terrifying reports of the Japanese advance. At the worst possible time, the man, the missionary, developed appendicitis, and he knew his life depended on making the long journey by rickshaw to the hospital. On January 15, 1941, with deep foreboding, his wife watched him leave. Soon the Chinese colonel came with news. The enemy was near, and the townspeople had to evacuate. His wife, Margaret, shivered, knowing that the one-year-old son they had and the two-month-old daughter would never survive as refugees. so she stayed put. Faith. Early the next morning, she tore the page from the wall calendar and read the New Day's scripture. It was Psalm 56, 3. What time, what time I'm afraid... I'll trust in thee. Faith had her covered. The town emptied during the day, and the next morning, Margaret arose and felt abandoned. She went to the calendar, turned off another page, and here's what the Bible said Psalm 9:10, Thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. The next morning, she arose to distant sounds of gunfire and worried about food for her children, and she went to the calendar and tore off a page. Genesis 15, verse 21, I'll nourish you and your little ones. As soon as she read it, a knock came at their door and a woman came with fresh milk. And another stranger arrived with a basket of eggs. And throughout the day, sounds of warfare grew louder. And during the night, she began to pray. The next morning, she took another page from her calendar, Psalm 56 and verse 9. When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. The battle was looming closer and she didn't go to bed that night. Invasion seemed imminent, but the next morning, all was quiet. Suddenly, villagers began returning to their homes, and the colonel knocked on her door. For some reason, he told her the Japanese had withdrawn their troops. No one could understand it, but the danger had passed. They were safe. Faith had her covered. Faith is mighty and will conquer. Bind it firmly on thine heart. On the hottest field of battle, thou wilt quench the fiery dart. The reason, they would anoint that shield with oil, not just to keep the leather supple, but also would extinguish fiery darts. And tonight, by faith, thank God, we've got a Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three-layered shield in front of us. That anointed shield that can quench every dart of the wicked one. But you've got to take it with you. It's a choice, isn't it? You don't have much choice about the hel- once the helmet's on, it's on. But that shield, you've got to choose to keep hold of it. You say, I'd fight easier if I let go of my shield. No, you'll be dead if you let go of your shield. Tonight, take the shield of faith. Let's bow our heads if you would. If God spoke to your heart tonight, maybe you have a need that you're trusting God for. Maybe you're doubting in some area and you need to trust God. Why don't you come and cast your care upon Him and just anchor your faith in God? Faith is the victory. It's not that it was the victory. It is the victory. It's the only way for victory. It's the only pathway, the only option, the only opportunity we have to be successful in spiritual warfare by faith.